0: Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully B, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my Mama Bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have an incredible, incredible guest for you. We have Carrie Whipke, a single mother of four amazing children. She is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, food and body freedom coach, and an emotional eating expert who has created a coaching program helping women reconnect back into their bodies to heal the root cause of why they diet or eat. She ran outdoor boot camps and owned a personal training gym for over 12 years. And throughout that time, she struggled with eating disorders and exercise addiction. Carrie was determined to heal from her eating disorder for years, she stumbled along her journey of self-love and healing. As she worked through her trauma and pain, she felt a burning desire to share how she had healed. Carrie is a complete has completed the Mind Body Wellness Certification through Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, as well as the Food and Body Freedom Coaching Certification through Hungry for Happiness, a company that has revolutionized the diet industry. She currently runs an online intimate one-to-one group coaching program and group coaching programs With Hungry for Happiness as a mentor in their certification. Carrie's passion and mission is to help women end their battle with food and heal their relationship with their bodies so they can live a life full of peace, presence, and happiness. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. I'm so happy to have you here today. Yeah, me too. So Carrie is um, a beautiful, beautiful mentor in Hunger for Happiness, where we both work and commit our, our beautiful energy to women that are suffering with food in their bodies and men, right? Everybody. And today we're going to speak on a really powerful topic. And I handpicked Carrie for this because I heard her talking about this on her her page on Facebook. And I was like, I've got to have her on to articulate everything about willpower. Because especially with your background in uh, running the gym for 12 years, I'm sure that you've heard so many people talk about willpower. All I need is willpower. If I could just get a little more motivation. So I want to dive deep into that. But first and foremost, why don't you Take us back and share a little bit of your personal story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a topic I'm so excited to talk with you about. It's, um, it's, it's really key to be able to understand all of that, so I'm really excited to dive into it. So my story, actually, uh, a lot of women, when they struggle with food and body, started when they were young, but mine actually started after my second baby. I had gained a lot of weight and uh, it wasn't coming off. I actually gained all of my pregnancy weight back plus some uh, by the time my daughter was two years old. And it was, it was different for me. I'd never experienced that before. I was never super lean and skinny, but I never really struggled with weight. And so this was like, it was new territory and I did not feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I remember crying daily, and just feeling super depressed about the way that I looked and uh, didn't ever I remember being in my pajamas, uh, till my husband came home from work, and basically getting into clothes right when he got home just to be able to, you know, make it look like I had been productive that day and just was really in a really bad funk of depression. And there was a moment where my, um, my husband at the time ended up telling me, you know, you're, you're gonna have to either be happy where you are or do something about it. And he was saying it was so much love and it hit me. It was like, oh, he's right. Like I can't keep doing this. I can't keep crying every single day and being upset. Um, but I cannot tolerate being in this heavier body. It just, it doesn't feel comfortable for me. And so started working out, had two more babies. So gained weight again, You know, lost the weight, not all of the weight. I pretty much got down to like, I, I got up to a size 16. Uh, and then uh, got down to like about a size 10 then got pregnant again back down to a size 10 ish 10 12 pregnant again after my last baby I'm like okay this is it I'm gonna I'm gonna really make sure I lose this weight and my intention was really really was good I wanted to just feel good in my skin and uh, it became an addiction i I got addicted to just seeing the numbers drop more and more and more. And I got addicted to restricting more. It was really satisfying to me to um, be able to have that willpower and that discipline. Mm. And it got to a point where I became anorexic. I was working out six days a week or six hours a a day, not just like every single day, at least six hours. And I was eating about 500 calories. So, I mean, it was, I was going down the road of, of being hospitalized if I kept down that road but I didn't have the willpower. I couldn't keep it up with how much I was working out and how little I was eating. My body was just, it was angry, really, really angry at me. And I was so fatigued. And so I started slowly eating a little bit. And once I started adding that in, it was like, I couldn't stop. My body was so hungry. It was so starved that it just, I couldn't stop eating and that really freaked me out. And so um, QN bulimia and um start was down that road for quite a few years of bulimia just kind of hit on and off between bulimia or just binge eating disorder and um and that went on for for years and became a, a, a fitness instructor basically to try to cover up my exercise addiction and to be able to use that as an excuse of why i need to be so um, disciplined with my food and it's like it's, this is my career this is my this is, you know, I have to be the example. I and can
0: absolutely relate to that. Oh my gosh. I became, you know, quote unquote, innocently, um, a fitness trainer. Cause I thought that it was just like the healthy way to motivate, inspire others, give women confidence, all that stuff. But when I, in reality, looking back now, I was trying to do that. And on top of that, it was an quote unquote, easy way for me to cover up the exercise (laughs) addiction because I could get in a few more hours. If I worked out with my clients, I could just burn more calories. And then I could, then it would be great. Everything would be completely easy because I have to eat well. I have to show them how to portion control, weigh everything, macros, micros, all of it. And so it quickly spiraled into this, like, I have to do things this way versus this is what I want for myself. I just tricked myself and others into thinking that this was my way of life. I was just a healthy person when in reality, I was just bullying myself every day.
1: Yeah. And it actually made it worse because then I had this pedestal that I, that I put myself on of what I needed to look like and how I needed to be. And, uh, and I felt like a fraud because, you know, here I am telling my clients, to have balance, and uh, you know, and that's okay if you have that one cookie or whatever. And, and uh, and but then yet, I'm here, you know, going home and binging on all the cookies and then throwing them up, and I'm over and then I'm over exercising, I'm abusing my body, I'm not loving my body, and that felt really yucky to me because I love being in integral, I love being somebody who uh doesn't have you know, this two face, uh, you know, hidden life. And that was really conflicting for me to, um, kind of live this double life of what I looked like on the outside to my clients, to what my life really was. And, um, that, that sucked. And that went on for quite a few years. And, um, I ended up, I ended up getting divorced and leaving the religion that I was in thinking that those two things were like, were it, that's it. That's why I can't control it. And if, if I get out of those two things, then I'll be fine. And, And, um, it was so much deeper than, Mm. you know, just external things. Like it's, like didn't matter how much weight I lost. I went from a size 16 to a size zero. I did fitness competitions where I was really, really lean. And, and, um, you know, that muscular, I did the bikini one. So I wasn't like big beefy. I was just really lean. And those were the most insecure days of my life was Mm. when I was training for those fitness competitions. So I was chasing all of these things to try to get me to, finally feel happy and finally feel content and, um, like peace with my life and my body and nothing could get me there. And it was just so tiring. I mean, there was a point where I was, um, when I was doing a fitness competition, I was on, um, I was on steroids. I was taking laxatives, uh, by handfuls diuretic by handfuls all day long. I was taking extreme diet pills that you couldn't get off of the, you know, it was through black market through my, um, steroid guy and, uh, working out four hours a day and eating fish and, um, asparagus and protein powder like that. And then then binging once a week because I couldn't handle it. And then I would just binge on like oatmeal just just super, yeah, thing.
0: I would do the same exact thing, Carrie. Mine was like mine was, um, I'd start with a smoothie, but only add water It was like, and it was like the it basically tasted like chalk, and I wouldn't even yeah. put a banana or blueberries because I'm like, no, 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 that's sugar. Okay. so bad. And then I would have um the three things that my diet consisted was I had a gallon of egg whites by the pump, like you could pump out yeah. the egg whites. I had broccoli on it was egg whites, broccoli. And chicken, no flavoring, nor nothing. The only thing that I was quote unquote allowed to have was cod liver oil drizzled on the chicken or the broccoli or whatever. And that's what I had pretty much for breakfast, lunch, yep. dinner, repeat, mm-hmm. repeat, sometimes occasionally the sweet potato. Cause we, we love that in the fitness industry. Yes, so I know. <laughs> it was it's like, like, like <laughs> now I see sweet potatoes and I'm like, oh, do I still like them? Oh, okay. Yeah. I still like them. But it, it just brings back these moments of like, wow, the lengths that we're willing to go to get what we think that we need. And it's, it's something far beyond what we actually logically think that it is. Let me ask you this. When you were doing the fitness competitions, did you feel like you had willpower?
1: Um, no, because it didn't even matter how much like willpower I had during the week at some point I would break. And it was, it would just, and like I said, it would, then all of a sudden I was binging on oatmeal or it would be like a full on binge of just anything and everything. And just the shame that I would have after that. So, and then I would just because I didn't have the willpower. I was just so like, God, what, what's wrong with me? There's something I'm broken. There's something wrong with me because I've seen other people and would they had the illusion of having the willpower that I lacked. And that was like, why can she, why is she better? She's better than me. She can, she can, I you know I went. my coach even told me not to even chew gum cause there was carbs in it. So, Gosh. you know, there's just, it goes to such extremes that Like I thought that I didn't have willpower because I allowed myself to have a piece of gum. Mm -hmm. So it's just so distorted on what is what is healthy and and um and good for your body. So like to have those type of rules, you're setting yourself up for failure. And then you're gonna feel like I don't have willpower. I have no willpower.
0: Yeah, it really, it it is. The rules can be wicked and they just kind of like start really innocently and then they grow and then they grow and then they grow. And it can be as simple as I want people to know, and let me know your thoughts on this. It can be as simple as I got to the point where I was taught in one of these diet industry things, red light foods, yellow light foods, and Mm. green light foods. So let yourself, don't allow yourself to have any red light foods in your house. None. Zero zilts, which is why I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't allow myself to have the things that I loved in my house, so what would I do? I would take secret trips to the gas station, Yeah, Krispy Kreme to work to the vending machine during work. And then I would just eat them like uh, people would be shocked. I know people are shocked when they hear this podcast because they didn't they see they saw the version of me that you were describing that you saw in the other coach in the in the other girls in the fitness industry. We were just like, if I could just have the willpower. They thought I had so much willpower when the reality was is by restricting all these things. I just sought it out in different places. And then I had so much shame and so much blame and so much guilt that I would secretly eat it anywhere else without any witnesses. No one would ever witness me eating anything that was not broccoli, cod liver oil, egg whites, or sweet potatoes. They just wouldn't, you would never see me. And if you saw me eating it, I remember one time um, people were having a a celebration at lunch and I finally had decided like, I'm just gonna have cake today. It was like a splurge. And I remember that day, there's so much shock in the room, you could hear a pin drop. It was like, wait, you do want a piece of cake? And then I felt so much shame and blame and guilt that I was eating the cake, that it didn't matter if I ate the cake or I didn't. I still felt like shit.
1: Still felt like shit,
0: still felt like, and then I felt like, well, where's my willpower now? Mm -hmm. I don't have any, and I'm just gonna pray to God that I will find the day that I will magically snap my fingers and have willpower. Did you ever feel like that? Where you're just like one of these days I'll have the willpower to get up and do it every damn day.
1: I thought it was that I didn't have the right plan. Like I needed to find a different diet. It was like, okay, it's that I need to do paleo. That's it. That's what's going to help me. i just need to do paleo. I need to just eat lots of fats and, and protein and, um, and veggies That's it. That's it. So, okay, no, I just need to have no sugar in my diet, like ever, none, not even, not even fruit because, because then I'll be able to, once I take sugar out for a long enough time, then I'm not going to crave it. Then I'll have the willpower to be able to not have it or, okay, no, I need to do that bro diet. That one that that girl's doing that she looks phenomenal. And so, and she says that that's how she got the way that she looks. So that's what it is. I need to do that bro diet. It was, I couldn't, no, I need to take a pill. I need to take a, a diet pill and that will suppress my, my hunger cues. And so then I'll be able to have that willpower to not, it, it was just, I couldn't, I was constantly chasing all these things to try to get me to have that willpower that just doesn't fucking exist. No, yeah.
0: no, it doesn't, it doesn't. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, it doesn't exist. And it's, and what's so ironic is that when we put these rules on, we set ourselves up to lack the very thing that we desire, which is the will, the willpower, which it's like, it's not about that. It's about loving yourself and creating a good connection with your body and honoring what it wants and trusting that it's not going to overindulge all the time. And, 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 the, and when you do that, but you have to take the rules away to be able to do that. I there, I thought that I would go for the rest of my life, never having peanut butter in my house. Mm-hmm. I Same. love peanut- same, Love, same. <laughs> my have been telling people for years, I cannot have a jar of peanut butter in my house. I will eat the entire thing. And so I, like, I thought for me to be able to have willpower, just like you, like, I'm not going to let it be in my house. But what that was doing was creating such a, a toxic relationship with those foods that I have deemed as I can't have because I don't have willpower around so much so that I was attracting it to, to binge on it and to, to overeat it, to splurge on it. Because what, like, if you're constantly, we want what we can't have. We want yes. what we can't have. Yep. We tell somebody no, like they're like, mm, and, and now I really want it. I didn't want it until you told me I couldn't have it. Now I want it. Yep. It's just like, you know, me saying, think, don't think of a purple elephant. Don't think of a purple elephant. Do not, whatever you do, do not think of a purple elephant. I know that everybody that's listening to this is thinking of a purple elephant right now. We want, like, if we tell ourselves to not have, do something, we're going to want more of it. Mm -hmm. And so putting the rules on it, although it seems like it's a good intention, it's setting yourself up for failure. And so we've got to take the rules away. And when I, when I chose to do that, and it was really scary, I, for me, I had to hit the rock bottom of all rock bottoms. And like my health was, I was having with all the pills that I was taking, I was having just extreme heart race to the point where I was thinking, oh my, I think I'm going to give myself a heart attack with all these, these pills that I'm taking. Yeah. And the dehydration that I was having from all the diuretics and the laxatives, uh, it was really bad. It was really dangerous. And I, just, I was 12 years of all these eating disorders and all these extremes and so much working out, just fatiguing my body, never honoring it, that when I hit that rock bottom, I'm like, I can't anymore. I can't do this anymore. It's not working. It doesn't matter what I do, what I take out, what I add in, what I do or don't do. I'm not getting to where I'm wanting to be. And what do I want? What do I really want? I want to feel happy. I want to feel ease. I want to feel peace. Like I'm constantly feel at war. I feel like I'm, I have to like hustle for something. I just want to just rest. I just want to just be And, and I, 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 I was thinking if I got to a certain size, then I would get there, but it never happened going from a size 16 to a size zero. I was all of those sizes. I was really, really skinny and I was really lean and I was really muscular. I was nice and curvy. I've been at all. And I never was happy in any of that. So it's like, okay, if it's not the external, it's like, what's the opposite of that? it's gotta be the internal work. So I'm gonna start working on that. And like what I was thinking, like doing the willpower, being really strict, like that's what I thought was the internal work. And it was the opposite. It wasn't about like punishing myself and restricting myself. It was about allowing and loving and trusting myself. And so everything started to shift. And as I started to do that and allow myself to not have all the restrictions anymore, the crazy thing happened. I, I, I didn't binge on peanut butter. I could have jars of peanut butter in my house. I do. Yeah. Like I just had some yesterday and I haven't had peanut butter in forever. Like I forget about it. Yeah. And there's never there. I could never imagine that ever happening with me. I remember a girlfriend of mine. She was like, well, why don't, why don't you just have like one cookie a day? I'm like, you don't get it. If I even have a crumb of a cookie, I'm eating the entire box of cookies. Like it will, it's not, I can't, I don't have the willpower.
0: Mine was the same, the cake day in the office. It just translated into, I had the piece of cake, still felt crappy. Then I had whatever else was left on the counter. I would just sneak like the Oreo cookie and then I would sneak the chocolate thing. And then I would, and I would just like eat it in the bathroom. So of course my, my coworkers didn't see me after the cake eating stuff. And then I would stop on the way home and I would eat the next thing. And it was like, I just thought, Oh my God, I'm addicted to sugar. That's the problem. The problem is I'm addicted to sugar and I have no willpower. The two things that I've been yearning for, like I just once I break this sugar addiction and get some more willpower in this body of mine, and it just drops in, then I'll be like these girls over here who just like love eating broccoli every single day. And the Mm -hmm. truth is like, you're just not seeing it all.
1: Yeah, you're not. And that's, that's the thing is that once I got into, I mean, just being in the fitness industry and, and owning a gym and then having done fitness competitions, I saw the inside. I saw the inside of the fitness industry and there's, there's a lot of really unhappy people in that industry. And you're not seeing that in the pictures. You're not seeing that in like the beautifully um, angled pictures that we're seeing on social media and, and, you know, the, the captions that they're saying, you know, that this is such a glamorous life. Now, are there some that are in the fitness industry that are healthy and they're, they're thriving and they're happy? Absolutely. The, but the percentage of, of them are, are very slim compared to those who are just desperately wanting to just feel happiness and peace and contentment and love for themselves. And so they're searching for it in external, extreme external ways that are causing more damage to their body, their mental and physical health Absolutely. And, and their emotionality. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm here and I know you as well are here to go, no more, no yeah. more. This is not acceptable. This is not normal. And this is not where we find our happiness. This is not where we find our peace. Willpower it's-
0: is not the way I, my new, my no. new catchphrase is willpower is whack. I'm like, willpower yeah. is whack, dude. It yeah. is just whack. And, mm-hmm. and I love what you said earlier about like taking it to an internal, in, in, an internal place because for so long I thought like, well, willpower is the internal. That's the way. Right. Willpower is the way willpower Mm -hmm. is the internal space. It's the motivation. It's the inspiration. It's everything, but willpower is whack. And I'll tell you why, because just like you said, the will willpower is the rules and Mm -hmm. the rules are whack too. We got to just get rid of the rule rules, but I found that I had to redefine and replace willpower. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is like, for me, willpower is the willingness to see your power. It's the willingness to own who you really are and all that you desire inside of you. It's that, it's seeing the power. It's not, it's not powering your way Mm -hmm. to what you will do. You know what I mean? It's not powering your way to what you will do. It is really the willingness to see your power is, is higher than, than anything else. And then use that from the highest, most
1: authentic version of yourself. I love that you're, yeah. And, and the will, the willpower that, you know, the fitness industry and diet industry likes to portray is so much based out of fear. It's like, I don't, if I don't have this willpower, like X, Y, and Z is going to happen. I'm going to gain weight, or I'm going to, you know, get sick because I'm eating all these unhealthy foods, or I, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat everything in my house if I don't have this willpower. And so it's so much out of fear but the, the will power that you're talking about the willingness to see your power is so much out of love mm. that's out of like loving yourself and and empowering yourself and trusting that you have that like that power within you to be able to be able to listen to your hunger cues honor your hunger cues and know when you're satisfied and and trust that you will that you will stop but the thing is is that as long as you have that fear-based, rule-based thinking and approach to it, you will always binge. You will always like fail. And and, and, there, and what will come after that is shame and that feeling of I am bad because now, because we put morality on food. This is good food. This is bad food. It drives me crazy. It's like, there is no morality to food. Right. There is nutrition food. And then there are some foods that don't have a lot of nutritional value to it. There are foods that, that are alive and vibrating highly, and then there are foods that are not alive that, um, that, we, that we can indulge in sporadically to like, in, just enjoy the taste and texture and, and pleasure of it. But like, when we put these rules on it all and this morality on it all, now when we choose to indulge in something that we have deemed as bad, we now have labeled ourselves as bad. And what does that equal? That equals guilt and shame. And it's just this downward spiral. And so when we're in that vibration and that energy and those feelings, it's like, we, you know, we're so, we're so low. That it's like, Oh, I'm already down. So I might as well now just go on a spree. And because we have the rules, we're like, well, I broke the rule. So I might as well just like eat it all today. And then tomorrow I'll be good. Putting I, them all I,
0: oh my gosh. I can relate to this so much. Cause I used to do this and now I have clients who do this. Right. And it's like, they even qualify. Then they take just the food part of it or the workout part of it. And then the whole day is labeled as a bad day. Yeah. I was either good today or I was bad today instead right. of, I just had a day and it was filled with a lot of different life choices and right. that's, it. that's yeah. it. And we just, we love to label things. We love so- labeling things.
1: Totally. And I just, this, I am I'm, I'm thinking about my breakfast because you just, you said that. So this morning my breakfast was a mango and I would have never have had that. Cause that's like, that's all sugar <laughs> and for breakfast. Like you don't start your day with that. So even somebody who's really, really strict is going to go, Oh, that's not bad. But like majority of people, Oh, it's fruit. You had some fruit for breakfast. Yes. I had a mango, but then I'm like, I'm still kind of hungry looking in the fridge. I had some, um, edible cookie dough, which I think all cookie dough is edible, but it's like the actual, like, you know, package. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that sounds yummy. I pull that out. I have a couple of spoonfuls of the edible cookie dough. I come upstairs. I, tra- I coach my clients. There wasn't an ounce of I am good for eating the mango. I am bad for eating the the um, cookie dough. There wasn't an ounce of like guilt and shame that that traveled with me throughout you know the rest of my day. It was just I had a mango and I had some cookie dough for breakfast. I my the like my value of a person my worthiness did not change by those food choices, but that took time for me to be able to get to this place that I'm in. I didn't go from having all of those rules all of that thinking that I had before to this within a day, this takes consciously every day showing up for the thoughts and the feelings that come up when you sit in front of your food or when you're making a choice and just observing that noticing what, it what, wow. I, I had to have the awareness around how much morality I put on food and how much worth I put on myself on the choices that I would make. And I had to observe all of that first to notice this is not acceptable. I, like, I don't want to do this anymore. This doesn't feel good for me. It's not helping me to shame myself. It's not helping me to, to um, like put myself down when I make a choice. I don't, it's not, I'm not improving by doing that. And we think that we do. Oh, we need to discipline ourselves. We need to reprimand ourselves so that we don't do it again. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. We cannot transform through fear and through shame and through guilt, we transform through love, through grace, through compassion.
0: Mm, that's so good. And I love what you said that this work does not happen overnight. No, this does not happen overnight. And I know people listening right now are going to be like, well, but where do I even start? If, how do I release the willpower
1: yeah.
0: and just harness my power?
1: Yeah,
0: How do I release this? And what's, what's one thing? place to start, I guess I would say.
1: I, I love that. Um, this is where I start. Every single one of my clients is observing, mm-hmm. observing their thoughts. We start there and then we're observing the feelings and then we're observing. We observation is everything we have to. We have to be able to create space from what we're experiencing the thoughts that we're having and the feelings that we're having so that we can become aware of the patterns and we can become aware of like what we want to shift and change But when we're like in the mess of it all and we're just letting the thoughts just um just circle around like a like a like a hamster on a hamster wheel and just it's just going and going and going and going and we're not creating space from it and just observing it it's really hard to start shifting them So we have to just be in a place of observation, but with no judgment, Mm -hmm. do not label any of the thoughts or the feelings as good or bad, just observe them, observe them so that we can start shifting them. But that's everything. Uh, That's the one thing that I, that's so important for my clients to get right from the beginning. If We want to have any kind of transformation. We've got to be able to be able to observe and become aware of what our patterns are so that we can start shifting them.
0: That's so beautiful. One of the things that I did uh, a ways back, and this was before I felt like I was in this new version of me, but it still holds strongly today, is I had this little yellow sticky note, just like regular sticky note, and I had written on it, am I nourishing or am I numbing? And I put it on the fridge. And it was literally the first step without even knowing this stuff beforehand. It was the first step in that observation space that you're talking about. When I would walk to the fridge, I just needed to create that space, that actual, and I didn't know that you're talking about the space Mm -hmm. in your body, but it's also the space in your brain. It's the space in in all of it. It's, it's just creating this distance Mm -hmm. between your thought pattern and what your body really wants. And that's how I started to infuse this trust system in my body was I would look at the sticky note and go, okay, Heidi, before you even open it up, just pause. And the amount of time that it takes you to read that question, observe that question and answer that question, you just created a little bit of space and a little bit of distance to decide intuitively what's the truth. Am I nourishing or am I numbing? And then after that, you can take whatever, whatever judgmental action you want. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going to still take something out of the fridge and you're numbing out, but at least now, you know, and yeah. for me, that that's been the first step for a really, really long time in my transformation process of just like you said, just start today, release mm-hmm. the willpower and just observe where you're at and know that that's enough. That's yeah. enough for today, right? And then you can welcome in different parts of the, of, of the transformation journey, you know? And both you and I have gotten the support. Now we give the support to ourselves yeah. and others, yeah. but it's available to you and you don't have to stay trapped in this lie that willpower is, is everything, because it's not. And it's really, when I looked at that sticky note a long, long time ago, I traded in willpower for willingness, what am I willing to do to get what my higher self wants? Oh, we're always trying to transition into this higher being this higher power of who we actually are. And it's within us. So how do I take willpower and transition it into what am I willing to be? What am I willing to feel? What am I willing to do from this space of my higher self from someone that I love and love to be so much of? So that's kind of where I've transitioned. Any other thoughts on that for you?
1: I just I love that because so many women will put notes on their fridge, and that's the first one that I've heard that I'm like, oh, now that I like, I can be on board with that. Yeah, I love I love the note that you that you put on your fridge, and I like that's one that I could totally be on board with. Uh, a lot of women will put very fear based ones. So here, this is an example of um, making a decision out of love, which is your note, am I nourishing or am I numbing? That's so beautiful. That's that's such a powerful question to ask yourself every time that you open the fridge or or a pantry. But a lot of the times the notes are at this girl had posted on social media and everybody was laughing and I'm like, Oh my God, this hurts my heart. And it was something along the lines of girl, you were just here. You're not hungry Bye." Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's sad. That's really sad. And they're like, people were commenting, oh my God, I need to put that, I need to put that on my fridge. And, and no, that's out of fear. That's out of like disciplining and, and trying to do willpower and restriction. And that's not, that's not honoring your body. That's not creating a relationship with food in your body out of love. And that's going to be the key to being able to get to a true transformation, to being able to be really in a truly healthy body that we all, that's what we want. And lean does not equal healthy. Lean just means you have little fat on your body. period. That does not equal health. And we've got to change that that whole thinking that skinny equals healthy. It doesn't. At my leanest is the most unhealthy I've ever been. Same.: For my size 16, when I was a size 16, I was healthier, mentally, physically, than I was when I was a size zero or a size two. So that does not equal health. And we've got to take that out and really, truly honor, like, I really want to have a healthy emotionality, mental and physical.
0: That's so important, especially in today. I know, I know that especially right now in these times, there's so many people talking about the emotional health of people who are going through this time in the world where they're really struggling with like, this is the first time in a long time where we've just had to be with ourselves there are no other external distractions. I can't go to the bar for eight hours and watch football and drink beers until I blackout. I can't go to the nail salon. Let's pick a healthier one too. Can't go to the nail salon and get my nails done and my hair done for four hours or however long, right? I can't go and distract myself with other friends and other things and other things and go shopping and buy things. Like it's the first time in a long time that we have to sit with ourselves. And for a lot of people, that's freaking scary. Yeah. That's scary. Or it's the most time that I've ever spent with my kids, or it's the most time I've ever spent with my significant other, or it's, you know, it's the most time I've ever spent in this way healing. People don't realize we're using this time to heal our relationships to our ourselves and
1: others. Well, and on top of it, there's an extreme amount of fear and uncertainty that's out there and that feels unsafe. And a lot of, a lot of people who will turn to food and want to numb is, is a lot of times it's because of the lack of safety, not feeling safe in their body or their situation or their life. And so there's such a, there's such a large amount of those emotions that are out there right now. And if we don't, if you, you don't have a good, healthy, emotional, a good healthy relationship with your emotionality, it's going to feel extremely overwhelming and you're going to naturally want to numb it and soothe yourself. I know that if I would not have done this work, I would absolutely, without a doubt, be back to bulimia. I, I just know it. I know myself enough and where I was at that time and there's no way that I could have handled this uncertainty and this amount of fear that's, that's going throughout our whole collective consciousness and not have it affect me. But because I've I've been willing to like do this work, I have been able to fill into this, the, the uncertainty and the fear and all of those things and be able, I'm able to hold that and be with that and uh, let it move through my system instead of turning towards the food and feeling like, God, I have no willpower. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with willpower at all. We're just trying to, we're trying to, soothe ourselves. We're trying to numb out something that feels uncomfortable and, and food is the thing that you've taken away. So that's the thing I'm going to use. People will use drugs and alcohol as well, but you know, my drug of choice was food to numb I, myself.
0: This just came to me too. Tell me what you think about this. I, I really think that now that I take a step back, willpower is really just another word for control.
1: Oh, I uh, told 100%. Yeah. I was actually right. going to bring that up. So I okay, love it. That- yeah.
0: Talk yeah. on that a little bit, because I think people don't realize that, that so many of us claim ourselves as control freaks or whatever, whatever, but what does it actually mean? Control willpower. What is that actually doing to our internal state? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, what was super, what was such a huge eye opener for me and a huge pivotal point, and it seems kind of silly, but it was really big to me. I thought I didn't have control over my life. And a lot of women with eating disorders and chronic diet issue, chronic dieting, are um, they feel out of control in some part of their life. And so it's like, I don't have control of this thing. So I'm going to control this thing, which is your exercise. And I didn't feel like in control of the relationship that I was in. Like I wasn't happy in the relationship that I was in. And I was in this religion that i didn't want to be in and so like i had said earlier when i got out of those two things i thought everything would be involved but i still had that belief that i didn't have control over my life and so i was i was constantly giving my power away to people i was letting because i had this people pleaser in me i want to make sure that everybody likes me and everybody you know all of those things so i was constantly giving my power away and that left me feeling out of control. So then what do I control? It was just this cycle for me. And so I had this crazy aha. I wanted to do a side shave on my, on my hair. And I was asking everybody what they thought if I should do it or not. And there were strong yeses and strong noes. My mom was one of the strong noes. I didn't ask her. She ended up finding out through somebody else because I knew she would not approve of it. She ended up finding out from somebody else and told me, do not do that. So I decided I wasn't going to do it. And I was angry. I was angry and I saw my eating disorder starting to kick up more. Mm. I was like binging more and, and it just, it clicked. Oh my God. You, nobody controls you. You give your power away. Mm. Nothing controls you. You choose to give your power away. You're constantly doing that and you have resentment and then you feel like you don't have control. And so you're, you're doing this so clear to me, my patterns. And so I chose to go get my, my hair shaved. I hated it. I did not like it. It was such a pain in the ass to grow out too, because it was like I had like an inch or two of hair just like poking out, and like <laughs> so have to constantly like bobby pin it back, and and then it was a point because I have long hair. There was a point where it was like to my chin, so it looked like I had like missed a piece of an extension or something, because there's like this piece that's super short. It was such a pain to grow out, but I never regretted it. Because that was such a pivotal point for me. It was a really beautiful lesson for me to see. You always have your power. You always have control, meaning control of my emotions and my reaction to an experience. That's the only thing we have control over. Mm. I cannot control you. I can't control what you do. I can't even control what happens to me when I leave my house. But I can control my emotions and how I choose to react to whatever happens to me. But I was constantly choosing to give my power away by letting other people make choices for me or doing things that I thought other people would want me to do because I wanted them to approve of me. And so when I had that moment, all of a sudden, the power of the food that it had over me and the, my disordered eating and all the diets, they lost their power because it like I didn't need, I realized I always have the control. I always have the power. I don't need to control anything. I don't need to control my food. So that was huge for me to be able to really own my choices. I
0: love that so much. That was such a great example and such a great insight. And I'm just kind of speechless at this moment. That's so, so beautiful. The words that come to my mind are just radical responsibility. I think so often Mm -hmm we fall victim to our own struggle. And we try to start looking everywhere outside of us to go like, well, it's because they did this and they did this and they did that. And then when you're, I was able to do this with my divorce over the last year and a half of just like, wow, Heidi, it wasn't just him. Yeah. Hello girl, like take some radical responsibility that you had disordered eating, that you hated your body, that you didn't want somebody to be touching you, that you like all these things that you were so obsessed with exercise addiction. These were major, major things that I was never able, even, even able to realize that I was giving my power away to all these external things all over the place instead of having the harnessing the power within me and be willing to shift and change. That's all it is. It's not, it's not willpower. It's the willingness to use your power to shift and change. To me, that's the actual, that's like been a new game changing definition Versus willpower, which used to just mean power your way, have more, have more gut, have more like, just like this, this grind, this hustle, this like, I almost think of like a gladiator. Like I just think of like this gladiator who has all this willpower within them. And I just, like, I just could never get enough of it. And that's why I was a failure. Well, no, it's because we, we were giving our power away to other external things, trying to find love, connection, validation, significance, all these things, instead of knowing that it's right there within us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love your, um, your saying of radical responsibility because, uh, I didn't, I didn't instantly stop giving my power away. This was something at the time that I realized this, I think I was like 32. So I had spent my whole entire life doing this. So just the awareness, once again, observing and being aware was, was the point, was the, was the um, key to being able to help me shift that and change that. So then I became aware of when I was constantly giving my power away and I was seeing how much I was doing it. I'm like, of course I want to control my food. I feel like I have no control over anything not a single choice that I make. So the more that I started owning that and taking responsibility to know they didn't do that. I'm not a victim. I'm choosing that. I'm choosing that. So uh, I get to choose something different if I want to, and then I get to take responsibility. If I choose to let them decide that thing for me, I'm going to take responsibility for it. I chose that. I chose that. A gun was not put to my head to marry my husband. A gun was not put to my head to stay in the religion that I was in. I was choosing that. Yeah. And I think that's like,
0: the willingness piece of it coming full circle here, right? It's like that willingness piece. It wasn't willpower. It was in the sense, your willingness to stay in certain situations and then, yeah. And then your willingness to go, I'm not going to stay here anymore. So you guys exchange, trade in your willpower for willingness and see how that shifts and changes your life. I think it's so amazing. And it's been a game changer for both of us. Yeah.
1: Beautiful.
0: Ah, I've loved every bit of this conversation. This is by far one of my favorite, favorite topics. Um, And I know so many people are going to benefit from this. You guys, um, i Carrie. I know that so many people are going to be looking for you. Where do I find this incredible human being? Where can these people get more Carrie in their life?
1: Yeah. So my Instagram and my Facebook are both Carrie Michelle, but the Michelle's spelled a little bit different. So um, Carrie is spelled K-A-R-I. And Michelle is spelled M-I-S-C-H-E-L-L. I I don't know why, that's my middle name. I don't know why my parents spelled it like that, but it's miscellaneous hell. So (laughs) Carrie Carrie Michelle um, on Instagram and on Facebook. And then my website is www.starlight-coaching.com.
0: Amazing. You guys go check out the show notes. They will have everything easily accessible there follow Carrie and all the goodies that she just brings this beautiful light and this amazing essence to the world. So you're going to want more of her on the daily. And I always close out cup of joy with uh, two closing questions. And the first one is Carrie, what do you love most about yourself?
1: Mm. You know what? I love my laugh. I love my laugh. Now, like I I can't laugh right now because now it's (laughs) going to feel forced, but I love my laugh. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that too. I love that about you. Um, And then the last question is, what does joy feel like?
1: Mm. So I'm going to use a physical description. Because when you say joy, I think of goosebumps through my whole body. Like, you know, those like chills that you get through your whole body and it just ripples through and it just feels like, I don't know, like a warm shower, just moving through your whole body. And just like my heart feels like it wants to explode out. Like there's just so much energy that it just wants to just burst out like sunshine out and just spill over to everybody. That's what joy feels like.
0: I just got full body goosebumps. And I feel like the the degrees in this little house just got heated from the beautiful (laughs) sunshine coming out of your soul. I love that question because everyone describes it so differently, so uniquely them. And, um, You just described your essence right there. Just this sunshine coming out from your soul and giving it to the world. And it's, it's just magic. So thank you so much for your time, your energy on this podcast. It's just been a pure joy to have you today.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was so beautiful. I love having conversations like this. This was such an honor.
0: Amazing. Amazing. All right. Well, that's all folks. And we'll talk to you soon To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.